Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. My name is Ellie Whitby. I run the YouTube channel Ellie Marie TV. Um, It's basically a channel where I have some fun challenge videos, experimental videos. I try and throw quite a bit of comedy in there as well. I'm based in Runcorn in England. I've definitely learned to be more patient with it. At the beginning, it was pretty frustrating, but I look at it kind of similar to any kind of career, like take a lawyer or a doctor. Yes, they're very different, but you have to study for years to get anywhere in that kind of field. So And that's why I'm quite thankful for the course, because it's a very unclear route. So everyone's doing it differently. There's no clear, like I'm still working at McDonald's. I was actually on a call with Tyler, another guy in the course earlier, who he's working at like a restaurant, just, you know, we've kind of taken a bit of a risk not going to the usual route of college or university. But I know in the long run, if we carry on working, it will pay off one day. It it just has to. What is your dream with your YouTube channel? Like, first question, do you desire to be famous? No, I think it would be lovely to have a community of people that just care about what I'm creating. I think that's my goal. A lot of people see money and then that's a goal to gain happiness. I think, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're broke or you're a billionaire. You can be happy right now. It's just the way you look at life. So I think it's just about doing what you enjoy, which I'm doing at the moment, so... Do you desire to be rich? No, I think the position I'd like to get to in life is where I don't have to worry about money. So it, it, it's not always kind of in the back of my mind, my mind, how much will this cost? I can't do this because I can't afford it. So it's just kind of having financial freedom is the goal. Is being a YouTuber slash content creator an art? Are you an artist or is this a job alternative? So I've actually struggled with this a lot and I think the course really helped me to define what it is I want to do. I do see content, specifically editing as well, as an art form. But for a while, I lost my way in the numbers. I was constantly trying to think of what would get the numbers, what would get the views and what would people want to see me create on the internet rather than asking myself, what am I actually going to enjoy creating, which I'm trying to focus on in season two. And when she's saying course, season two, all these things, we're talking about creator now, what we mentioned at the beginning. It's awesome. If you're curious on checking out what we're talking about, it's creatornow.club. I feel terrible bringing it up a million times. People are like, what are you two uh, uh, up to? No, we've got Um, to. We've got to. Yeah. 
We don't get paid for this. It's just because we love it. <laughs> oh, we do love it. Why don't we give it a shout out for a second to give everybody context? Can you describe what Creator Now is? Because we brought it up so much. It's kind of missing a piece of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, there's this YouTuber called Airac, which he got from zero to a million subscribers on YouTube last year. And he decided to release this six week course where it would basically build a community of creators to kind of join forces, upload every single week. We have workshops with other big creators like Colin and Samir, who are some of the podcasters, and also Hayden Hiller, who's uh, Logan Paul's editor. So we kind of have workshops twice every week, have a community of people that help and support us, and we post every week. And it has been super useful. I honestly see it as, even though I didn't go to university, it's kind of a much cheaper and more beneficial educational route to get to where I want to be, which is obviously uh, digital media, YouTube, all of that. Hi, this is Jessica Chang. I'm the CEO and co-founder of WeCare. We are a early childcare marketplace. I'm based in Los Angeles, California. I think... I can probably give an example. I can give many examples, but I think one that's probably more relevant to everyone right now is COVID. And I'm sure a lot of companies were going through a pretty hard phase, like in middle March where everything shut down. And to be honest, we were really scared too, because you know, when it comes to viruses, kids are the worst spreader of viruses. Let's all be honest. Like every time there's flu season, I'll probably get the flu. Every time there's a cold season, I will get the cold because my kids will bring whatever is at their daycare home. You know, that's a scary fact that that's just, just like most parents understand, right? So when COVID hit, that was the assumption too. We were all really scared of like, hey, what's going to happen with children? Because we didn't know enough back then. And children spread diseases really easily. We've got to shut down everything. And that was a big hit. Like we were really progressing well. We were expanding. We were nationwide. (laughs) And suddenly everything shut down. And it was scary. As a founder, you have to go back to your employees and be like, oh, so our company is going to take a significant dip, but we're going to get through this. And I think that was a really difficult thing for us because basically you know, maybe that's a good thing of being a startup. You're always thinking about like, okay, like if this isn't working, how do we make it work? So that was kind of the part that we were trying to do is like, we really pushed through because, you know, I think having the experience of another crisis, like the financial crisis and being able to overcome that helped to kind of prepare. It's like, okay, yeah, this sucks, but let's not dwell on it. What can we be proactive about? And to be honest, we were we actually came up with two new business line items during the pandemic when there was a lot of uncertainty. Both business line items are growing really well. And now post, well, not post-COVID, still during COVID, you know, starting in July and going forward, we've been growing double digits month after month. And it took that time. (laughs) Yay! It's just kind of taking a different mindset. Like we were, I think for most of it, I mean, we were definitely really scared. So let's all be honest, everyone's scared and it's okay to admit that we were all scared. It's that mentality of like, well, either we can let it affect us or we can take it and run with it and be like, okay, now given the situation is what it is, well, what do people need right now? 
So our team isn't really that large. You know, we've got about like probably about 20 people in LA. <laughs> Not large for a growing startup company. <laughs> But we also have team members that are outside. And I think that's one of the cool things about what remote work has taught us because we're big on like everyone needs to be here because we have meetings and it's good to understand what people are doing. And then we realize we're like, oh, well, people can be productive working from home. And if that's the case, maybe we can have other people like move out of California and still be working for the company. And maybe we can actually hire really good engineers that didn't have to be in LA and could also work remotely. We have other people that are outside of Los Angeles, but it kind of gave us a new concept of like, yeah, this remote working environment might actually work. And maybe some people actually prefer that than actually being in an office. Hi, everyone. I'm Mary Siebert. I work as a community manager at Major League Hacking, where we empower student hackers all across the globe. I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. One thing you said that resonated yeah. with me was the fear of it being a flop or, or a failure down the road. And right when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's totally me. Wait, really? Even though they're not like, they're more like hobbies and not like professional things, you are still worried about them failing? Totally. I, I think that that's kind of my personality, though, in a lot of ways. I, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but I would say I'm someone who, like, you know, really wants to make sure whatever I'm doing is something I can do my best at and right. be proud of my work at. And I think there's kind of an underlying fear there of, you know, if you like branch out too far or like, do something beyond your reach, you know, right. you might just like not live up to other people's expectations or might let someone else down through the process. So interesting. Wow. Well, if there's anything anyone listening can do to support Mary in <laughs> releasing that fear and taking the leap to her dreams, please like reach out to her and support her and celebrate her and elevate her. Mary, has this been the first podcast that you're on or have you been on several? So I've only been on one other. I was on the Stack Overflow podcast a while nice. back. That's a so, one. <laughs> this is my second one. Yay! Stack Still Overflow, shout out. That's really cool. Though. That's an exciting <laughs> podcast to be on. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It was fun too. When I went on that one, it was right before COVID hit in New York City. And so I got to actually go into their office, made a cool little studio and everything. Yeah, miss my studio. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> I know that feeling. Well, Mary, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Is there anything you wanted to share before we wrap up? I don't think I have anything else big. I uh, I would just invite y'all to come to a hackathon if you uh, if you've ever been interested in it. This is your sign to to go and do it. Um, and if you just learned what a hackathon is right now, this is also your sign to sign up and come hang out with us. Um, and feel free to reach out to me if I can be helpful to any of you. What book do you recommend that we read? So Radical Candor Ooh, is yes. my big, yes, um, this is my big professional development book recommendation. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't read it, there's a lot of amazing things covered in it. My huge takeaway from this was how to give feedback and how to receive feedback better. 
And it was very kind. The uh, CEO and co-founder of MLH sent me this on my first week. It's two and a half years ago now because I expressed that being from the Midwest, I found it extremely difficult to give anyone any sort of constructive feedback. Um, But this book has really kind of changed the way that I view management and um, just how to interact with other people you work with. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.